And if you don't have your Bibles, there's some in the pews, and I'm reading from the New King James, which I believe most of them are, that translation. Chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. There we will find the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. And he says, and he makes a very interesting statement. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. No, I am not advocating working for salvation because salvation is free. And that's not what this verse is saying. When he says, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. What he's saying is, those that are saved has the free gift of salvation. But what do we do after salvation? The word work means to give forth energy, to do something. Some of us, it's with our brains, and others, like me, I couldn't do it that way, so I had to do it with my brawn. And that, in these latter years, is starting to wane a little bit, maybe a lot. What's meant here is that when we receive the gifts of salvation, when we become saved, other gifts come with it. There are two gifts that every believer in Christ automatically gets at salvation. Piple teaches us that we're given a, a seal of ownership by God. He owns us. We have a seal in each one of us that will keep us. And it shows who our master is. In other words, our hearts are sealed with that mark for eternity. John, 1 John 1, 1 John 2, verses, verse 3 tells us that we know that we know him if we keep and always desire to keep his commandments. Does that mean we have to live perfectly? No. But our desire is to live as perfect and as close to how Christ was. And I'm so glad that God reads our hearts in that. Then no one or no thing can separate us from God because we have that seal. In Romans 8, 35 to 39 reinforces that. He seals us for eternity. So that's the first gift. The second gift all of us have is the Holy Spirit who guarantees that we belong to him. Jesus blew on his disciples and says, receive you the Holy Spirit. Now that was because Christ was here with them. And while he was with them, they had him. But then when he went away, 
He said, I'll leave a comforter with you who will lead and guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is for every believer and you receive the Holy Spirit. These two gifts are given to everyone at salvation, to every believer. But there are many other gifts that are available to us if we desire them. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11, we find a list of some of these gifts. It's not a complete list, but it's a very inclusive list. In that chapter, we find listed the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of unshakable faith, gift of healings, the gift of working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of different kinds of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of these tongues. And all God's gifts are irrevocable. God does not repent upon giving any of these gifts to any of his people, no matter how we are. Once he gives a gift, it's yours. He doesn't take it from us. In other words, there are some who have been given one or more of these other gifts with the power to use it whenever they choose. You've heard people say, I have the gift of knowledge. That means no matter where they are, no matter what their lives are going through, they still have a gift from God to discern, to have that knowledge about what's going on, and to read his word and be able to expound upon them, the gift of knowledge. Then the rest of us, we're able to pray for any of those gifts, and God, in his mercy, will maybe give us that gift. However, each one in here, by way of being a child of God, can access every gift God has. If the need arises, and God knows there's a need and there's no one with that gift around, and you pray in earnest and ask him for it, he'll use you in that gift. I remember some years ago in the middle 70s, we used to have a, a group called Full Gospel Businessmen who met once a week. And once or twice a year, we would go away on what we called a retreat then. We call them advances now, but in spirit they were the same things. We got away to, to really seek God. And at Blue Mountain Christian Retreat, where we used to go, they would have, during the summertime, they would have us guest speakers. And at this particular weekend, they had a person by the name of Judson Cornwall. Anyone ever hear that name? No? That's a little before your time, I guess. But Judson was a dynamic speaker, okay? I remember that weekend night. It was such a, a spirit-filled night. There were many people there in the auditorium about this size, and it was packed. And our group was between 12 and 15 
husbands and wives, and we had such a dynamic time that we didn't want it to end. So about when it ended around 10, 10.30, we decided that we would go back to our rooms in, in the Alpine rooms, they called it, uh, where they had many little mini apartments, but they also had a meeting room that we could gather in. So we decided we'll go back there and we'll just continue to worship God and pray and intercede one for the other, and so we did. We got back there around 10.30, quarter of 11, and we went on well after midnight, maybe well after one, I forget exactly, but I remember so vividly that night because of what took place. There was one person in our group who, unbeknownst to most of us, had broken her finger and had surgery on her thumb, and they had to put a metal piece of metal in to keep this joint from moving while it was healing, splints and everything. And none of us, most of us didn't know anything about that. So while we were together in prayer and lifting up one another, all of a sudden we heard this, this acclamation of joy and, and crying and tears and I looked to my right and there she was and she was just moving that finger. God has healed it. God has healed it. And sure enough, when she went to her doctors that week, that pin was gone. It wasn't even there. And she was scheduled to have it surgically removed. God is still in the miracle working business. God knows our frailties, and he knows where we are spiritually, but he works in us and through us in spite of us. Because he's God and he can. And thank God I know it's because he reads our hearts. He knows the desires of our hearts. Oh, sorry about that. As it turns out, she had been praying for that miracle, and God in his mercy answered her prayer. No one there had the gift of healing, yet God manifested that gift in our midst. But one and the same Spirit works in all these things. Speaking of gifts, distributing to one each individually as he wills. God is the giver of gifts. We can't control them unless God gives it to us. Back to Philippians 2, 12 and 13. These are people that Paul had won to salvation through the preaching of the gospel. And he always... And he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's an interesting word, work out. That's, that means exert some energy. The Amplified Bible reads thusly, to cultivate, to carry out to a goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and serious caution, as well as watchfulness against temptation to do anything that might discredit 
the name of Christ. We are called to be Christ's voice, his hands, his feet, while we're here. You see, we're not talking about becoming saved. However, we are speaking of behavior after salvation. Whenever you read the word, therefore, we need to look be before it and find out what therefore is therefore. So if you flip back to verse 5, and we'll see why that therefore begins verse 12. Then let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming to the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every name should bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord through the glory of God the Father. The emphasis here is because of the person and personage of Jesus Christ, what he did in obedience to God the Father, as well as the work he did in our lives, we need to realize that salvation is not a retirement plan. Many people that I've seen, once they've given their lives to Christ, or at least verbalized that they were doing it, their lives don't change. They still do the same thing they did before salvation, and they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through them, to change them, to make them more like Christ, to conform them to the Savior we've just given our life to. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to lead us and guide us in, into all truth. That's what Christ left the Holy Spirit here to do. See, salvation is just the beginning steps of a life and a believer. Salvation, if you will, is actually our letter of employment, not a retirement plan. God wants to be witnesses, wants us to be a witness of him wherever we go. What he's really saying is, Find your spiritual gifts. Seek opportunities to put your spiritual gifts in action. And then follow through with using them to the glory of God. The act of salvation is simply inviting Christ into your life. And believing on and in Jesus Christ, according to the Apostle Paul. Yet once we are saved... We're given spiritual gifts. The Amplified Bible describes them as special endowments for supernatural energy. 
special endowments for supernatural energy. And we express that in many ways. If he gives you the gift of, of knowledge, it's a supernatural gift that only God can give. I've known people in my lifetime who had the gift of healing. It's a supernatural gift only God can give. The man or woman of God is never alone when they face adversity. Becoming a Christian does not exempt us from the problems of this world. In fact, many people will say, I think the burner was turned up when I gave my life to Christ. Yet even in that, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Why does God allow us to go through such fiery trials? Why does he allow us to do that? Well, think of the raw minerals. Think of a raw piece of gold and, or silver, mined in a mine. For when we come to Christ, we're of that same kind of character. We're very raw. And we need refining. And God knows that the only way to really get us refined is to allow us to face certain adversities in life. Not only that, if we really have committed our lives to Christ, he will show us how to get through them and how to be more than conquerors. And he said that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We can get through every situation this world throws at us. The Bible says, put your trust in God. And believe on him. And you can get through anything. Mark it down. The Christian life includes going through the fire. And not avoiding it. Why? Because God wants to purify his body. He wants his body to know. And to be able to show a reason why they follow him. As gold and precious metals are put through the fire to burn out the impurities, to make them even more precious and valuable, so too we become even more precious to God as vessels of honor. After we've gone through our trials and fires of difficulty. Secondly, we want to learn to be circumspect and to walk circumspectly before the world meaning to be cautious of how you live in the world that nothing you do or say brings the name of Christ to open shame. Remember, we are in the world, not of the world. In the book of Colossians, just the next book over, Chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. 
For you died and your life is hidden in Christ and in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, praise God, you yourselves are put are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Demonstrate to the world what, is mean, what it means to live a Christ-centered life. Christ-honoring life, according to the scriptures. Do these things and Christ will bless your life. Learn to be more focused about redeeming the time. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 tells us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. One of the definitions we find in the dictionary for redeem means to change for the better or to reform. When we came to Christ, we were sinners. We had to acknowledge that. Those who don't acknowledge being a sinner really don't receive the full dose of salvation. But those of us who know and who knew that we needed a savior and we admitted we were sinners, okay, we redeemed the time. When God calls us, he wants us to respond. When God moves, floodgates will open and a wave of his Holy Spirit will sweep away all fears all your doubts, and especially all your excuses. In other words, get in the Word and stay in the Word and seek understanding of the Word. So if you need understanding, ask of God, who will give it readily and without hesitation. And again, the word from the Lord today is to work out, to invite his gifts to take a more active part in your life, and to seek opportunities to use the gifts he's given you, to work out with fear and trembling, 
Why so? Because we don't want to miss opportunity to share, especially with our loved ones, those who see us every day. We, they know you better than you know yourself. They know how you act and react when disappointment comes your way, when upsetment comes your way, when challenges of adversity and strife come your way. They know how you've been reacting. And I don't know about you, but for me it took quite a, a lesson from the, the Holy Spirit to, to change me to where I am today. And I am in no way perfect. But God, who is faithful, always, will always be faithful to you. In other words, be about purifying your walk before the Lord so as to become more valuable as a witness for who he is. That's the word of God for you today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your word and how it ministers in our hearts. Lord God, I pray that as Sam has stumbled and fallen in producing and in presenting your word, Lord God, I pray that no one would put it uh, as against him, but Lord God, they would hear and see how you're working in their life. Father, I pray that you would encourage